0: Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today I've got Elliot Elias on. Elliot is a real estate agent in the Austin area. He's a real estate investor in the Austin area, and he also does some house flips. He's got some really cool strategies that he's talking about with seller financing where he's finding great deals here right now. And he's just always out there hunting for deals in the Austin and clean areas. Hey, Elliot, how are you? Good, Jordan.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you on. I know we got lunch, man,
1: what, six to eight months ago too? And that was literally my one week before I quit my job, we had lunch. Yeah, so so now we're full-time in real estate.
0: I'll take the credit for that, but that's awesome that you quit your job and now (laughs) full-time. You can have it. (laughs) Well, that's amazing, man. I know that... uh, you talk a lot with Devin on our team, he he quit his job to a little while, about a year ago now. Um, and it's just awesome to see people quitting nine to
1: fives they don't love and going to pursue their passions in real estate. So props to you. It's a beautiful thing, man. If you go all in in real estate, I truly believe it will be fruitful. So it's, it is a beautiful thing and I'm sure you know that. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, I love that. And we'll talk more about that too. But before we get too far ahead of ourselves, most important question we ask here in the Austin Real Estate Podcast is what's your favorite restaurant in Austin?
1: Man, it would, and they don't pay me to say this, but it would have to be Sangab in uh, North Austin. It's an Indian restaurant, uh, mostly vegetarian, but mm-hmm. man, I love my Indian food.
0: And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Could you spell that, though, for anyone listening, I, I
1: Sangab? S-A-N as in Nancy, G-A-M as in Mary, Sangam.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll have to try it out. I've not been there, actually. Let them know I sent you. I will. You'll get your referral fee. Don't worry.
1: Man, it's about time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. So, Elliot, you know, I know I did a short intro for you coming in. Could you tell of our guests who you are and how you're involved with real estate investing in the Austin area?
1: Sure. My name is Elliot Elias, and I'm a full-time real estate investor. I'm a full-time realtor, and I do do some wholesaling on the side. I'm pretty much I've been full-time for a year now, almost a year. Uh, April fifteenth is going to be a full year, and my main goal is to purchase property. I take advantage of holding my license by making some income, whether it's representing clients or making commissions based off the deals I buy. But really more than a real estate investor, I'm a professional opportunist. So um, any opportunity that comes my way, I'm going to take it, I think. But I do think real estate has the most opportunity, especially being here in Austin, Texas.
0: Yeah, yeah, we've sure seen a lot of opportunity here in the last couple of years and really for a, a long, long time. We had a a 1031 expert speak to our team here yesterday and he was talking about how he helped somebody who bought a house in Terrytown for 200,000, 30 years ago, and just sold it recently for two and a half million. And then and they had to figure out what to do with all the money, which is such a bad problem to have, you know?
1: Terrible problem.
0: Yeah. Cool. Elliot, you know, you talked about opportunities in Austin. Why do you believe investing in the Austin area? And I know Austin area, we're kind of talking about to down through San Marcos and, and all around there. So, pretty wide area but we just see so much opportunity here and what do you see that makes you want to keep coming back
1: me living in Austin and living and breathing just Austin in general and I moved to Austin because I got an engineering job I didn't move here uh, for real estate okay I accidentally ended up in the best market on earth and just me naturally being in Austin I see so much opportunity. And what do I mean by that? I mean, I I ran into three people today who moved from San Francisco who uh, just got jobs here, right? I run into, and they all basically have startups. And I'm like, why Austin? You know, why are you doing it here? They see opportunity here. And there's just so many instances where people are moving here to Austin. And, you know, Austinites, original Austinites may not love it, but it's happening. People are coming here and they're taking advantage of the growth, the beautiful scenery, the tech hub, real estate, basically everything Austin has to offer. You know, I'm from Houston, so I love Houston. But, uh, you know, if I were to start a business, if I were to do anything income wise, I would be in Austin, Texas. You know, I just think the atmosphere here is different. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And then we also have, you know, the the umbrella of Texas with the no taxes and the pro business environment, which really helps us so much here in Austin, also.
1: So It's just it's yeah, absolutely. Marriage, great marriage. It is. Awesome. Um, Elliot,
0: what originally attracted you to real estate investing? So I know you said that you moved here as an engineer. Um, it's funny, so many engineers end up real estate investors.
1: But what what was that spark for you? For me, it was just, and I always say I would have done anything if my destiny was in my own hands. So and just for me, that was real estate. So for me, I think real estate gives me so much freedom to basically grab my destiny and be able to do whatever I want with it. And what I mean by that is, you know, if I, I could sleep all day, Or I could work all day. It basically is up to me. And, you know, if I have a great year, it's because I did it. It's not because I sat at a desk and collected income. You know, no flack to people who do that. It's still everyone has a beautiful hustle. But for me, I just mentally I was not happy sitting at a desk and waiting to be told to do all what to do all day. So real estate is one of those things where you could be great you could be a millionaire or you could you know fall flat on your butt you know i'm sitting here in front of you uh 6 months ago i had no debt right now i'm almost 2 million dollars in debt so <laughs> it's not it's not for everyone you know it's beautiful of course my pen- tenants are paying the debt but it takes you know if you want to win big you got to risk it all so you know i'm risking it all here um not just in austin but in a market I invest up in Colleen, Texas.
0: Nice. I love that dude. Um, and I you know I saw you're laughing about the two million dollars in debt. Like one of my first goals was to get a million dollars in debt and not credit card debt, but real estate debt, debt that pays me money and, and makes me money. So it's it's such a different way to look at debt. Like you say if you would say that to most people, if you said that to a room of just all random people in societies. Most people would say, oh, well, that's a bad thing. But that's great. That means you've got $2 million in property that's paying itself off, that knowing you is cash flowing, and is appreciating, that you've added value to. and That's an awesome piece of leverage there.
1: It is. I mean, debt is not bad, okay? Real estate debt is not bad unless it's bad debt, meaning hard money, stuff like that. But, you know, I typically try to stay within a reasonable interest rate and my tenants at least have to be paying it off. I know in Austin, it's the norm to negative cash flow every month. I think that's a little bit dangerous, but thank God mine are cash flowing right now.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Like, I never have understood buying real estate that's rental, let's say your mortgage is $2,000 a month and your tenant's paying you $1,500 a month. That just doesn't make any sense to me because you and I both know stuff's going to go wrong. And not only will you have that deficit of $500 a month, but you might have to spend $3,000 on a furnace or $2,000 on an AC unit or 1000 bucks on a water heater, You know, just various repairs and maintenance. And then you know, God forbid the tenant moves out and it takes you two months to turn it around. Then you've got $3,000 of vacancy you got to cover there, too. So I think negative cash flowing real estate just never really made any sense to me either. Hey, guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me if you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys.
1: Even two or $300 cash flowing, you get one maintenance repair and you're wiped out. You know, you, how many more months do you have to make two, 300 bucks until you make up for it? I mean, and you know, I think it's not a terrible idea to negative cash flow in Austin if you're taking advantage of the appreciation, if you have equity, right? I mean, I would all day, I would lose $10,000 in cash flow in a year to make a hundred K in appreciation, but I don't think right now is that kind of market.
0: Yeah. And I, I, I heard a lot of that in the last couple of years. And, and there was times where I kind of felt left out because I wasn't doing that. I'm like, man, you know, this guy's buying this house his more, you just two grand. He's only making, like I said, only making 1500, but it appreciated a hundred grand. Um, I think that there was some interesting circumstances. Of course, we still have a housing shortage. That's not gone away. That's not going to change anytime soon. But we had artificially low interest rates, which caused really extreme inflation and made buying homes super easy and super cheap because the the cost of debt was almost nothing. So I I think you're going to have trouble getting me on board for negative cash flow. For the promise of appreciation any day. I'd take a hundred dollars a month cash flow in an area that I thought could appreciate really well, but just the negative just not gonna work for me personally. And again, more power to the people who made hundreds of thousands of dollars the last couple of years with it. Um, I was never on board on that train
1: personally. And you said something key there, the promise of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Like real estate should never be bought because you believe it's going to appreciate. You should either buy with equity or you should buy with cash flow. If you don't have either, you're basically speculating. So whether it's my clients or it's me, I would never buy just because Joe Schmo is going to build a mall right across from me. And you know, it has to make sense the day I buy it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And don't get me wrong. Like I am, fully believe, and I'm putting my money where my mouth is, that Austin will continue to appreciate. There's so many good reasons it's going to. And like you mentioned, you came here for a job. There's so many jobs still moving here. There's so much opportunity. There's so much money being made in Austin. It's going to need to find a home. And it's quite literally going to need to buy a home to live in. So I I like buying my real estate in places that I believe is going to continue to appreciate but that's just not my only strategy when I go into it personally. But you said another thing there earlier too. You got into real estate because you wanted to create your own destiny and you wanted for like your input to control your output. So if you put in eight hours or 10 hours or 12 hours of working hard and working smart, that you could control the results that came out because of that. And I love that too, because like you said you clock in and you just get a paycheck you don't really get paid for your output
1: no it's safe it's beautiful right you don't i mean you you're always going to get paid but at the end of the day there's not much of a ceiling for you real estate has a very high ceiling and it has a very low valleys as well so like you said you got to play not just hard but you got to work smart mm-hmm. there's a lot of people doing what we do and how are we going to do things differently? You know, you can't reinvent the wheel, but you can play smart, especially in this Austin market. That's extremely competitive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love having no ceilings and I love being able to be creative. And that's what makes real estate so much fun. Um, so Elliot, I know you, you have some buy and hold properties. You're doing some flip properties right now. Um, Where do you think the biggest opportunities are right now in today's market? So for everybody listening, we're recording this April 5th, 2023.
1: I think the biggest opportunity right now, and for anyone watching this in the future who's not aware, interest rates are extremely high. So when properties were cash flowing, well, extremely high relative to what they were, right, 2 3%. When properties could have cash flowed back then, right now they're negative. So I think right now I'm getting quoted on a DSCR because I haven't been two years into real estate yet. I have to use DSCR loans. Um, I'm getting quoted around eight to nine percent. Okay. It's almost hard money. So it's impossible to cash flow. So what do I do? I can't take commercial loans. I can't do DSCR. So what I have to do is hone in to owner finance. And I believe this is the perfect market to owner finance and subject to properties. So, sorry. So what do I mean by subject to? So when interest rates were two, 3% and people basically, in my opinion, overpaid for properties and they need to sell right now, they can't do it because they have to pay realtor fees. So the biggest opportunity that I'm seeing right now is basically assuming someone's mortgage with that low interest rate and taking over their payments. And then I go ahead and put a tenant in there to cash flow. Why can't they do it? Why can't they just put a tenant in there? It's because I can put someone in there to owner finance it from me and wrap the mortgage. So I I I know I explained a lot there, but that's really... What I'm trying to get into right now is taking over debt that is very cheap and wrapping it to an end buyer who can't necessarily get it uh, accepted for a conventional mortgage. Okay,
0: so just just so I understand it, and I think I understand what you're doing, so you're you're taking over their their mortgage payments. So let's say, again, I like this 2000 number because it's nice and round. Let's say their payment is two thousand dollars a month. You're just taking over their payments of two thousand dollars a month, and then you are then doing a wrap or having another person pay you twenty three hundred dollars a month, something like that.
1: Yes, and they give me a down payment, mm. so I collect my cash back. So it's almost like burring, mm-hmm. but instead you are your cash flowing. You create you're creating interest for yourself. And you're a lot less likely to have vacancies because these people are paying a mortgage. They're not just renting from you.
0: Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's their house. They're, they they bought it or they started, they put you that down payment down. They're paying the mortgage payment with the intent that, they, hey, then once I'm done with this, I own this house 100% and it's mine. So that's a great way to look at not having vacancy.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, and, and it's very attractive right now. It's a little bit dangerous because you're taking over this property basically with zero equity, right? If I were to sell it myself, I would lose money. So it has to cash flow. The interest rate has to be good. And I think it's a perfect storm right now for those kind of deals.
0: Okay. So are you using like a loan servicer to, to do this for you or to collect payments for you?
1: Yeah, so we use third-party loan servicers and they basically escrow the payments, meaning the principal, interest, taxes and insurance get paid every month to the servicing company.
0: Okay. Cool. Cool strategy. Um I've definitely heard of people doing subject 2s and I've heard of the wrap, but I've not I've not heard it too often and I know those types of strategies get more Interesting when things get more challenging to buy real estate, you know. I don't think we're seeing a ton of distress right now, but like you said, there are people that bought their house, you know, maybe a year ago, and now want to sell it or need to sell it. And it's hard to make money when you bought a house a year ago in any market. It's especially hard where kind of a year ago it felt like we were at peak prices, and now feels like we've come down off the peak and are just kind of hanging out.
1: What are you doing right now to to really hone in? What's your strategy? So we
0: are actually selling a few properties right now. We're getting good money for them. Um, Similar situation, actually. Similar but different. So we're selling them to somebody who pays us cash and finances them to somebody that has trouble getting a, a normal loan. So we're selling houses. We're selling a few houses to an investor who's got a a bunch of cash. He's like, I got all this cash. I don't know what to do with it. So what he's doing is he's buying our houses and then he's charging um, somebody else that's going to move in. So the end buyer, he charges them a down payment plus a higher interest rate, an interest rate that makes it make sense for him. And he's basically becoming the bank. So he's buying our, our houses in cash and then he's owner financing them to an end buyer we want to cash out we're looking to buy a mobile home park right now and to do that we need cash um of course we'll look at some creative financing options for that like you know if we could put down less money or if we could do owner financing with somebody that'd be awesome but right now we're we're doing some of that like that in, in reverse we're selling some houses getting ready to have the cash to buy a mobile home park and that's just really all I'm doing right now. I'm just trying to focus on one thing currently.
1: That's good, man. It's a lot of you can really get distracted in this kind of market. Man, you can meet ten people and they all have different strategies. Uh, You just got to pick one and Mm -hmm. focus on it. I mean, everyone will distract you. Pick one, and you know, I'm glad you're still looking for a mobile home. I know you were looking. You posted on Bigger Pockets a few months ago that you were looking, but I'm glad you're still laser focused on that.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a slog. You know, I've, I've talked to many people, it's taken them a year or two years to find the right deal. But once they get going, they get going. And, and like you said, you meet 10 different people, they all have a different strategy, they all sound good. And the reality is they all make money. So everything can make money if you figure out what it is for you, like like you're saying, subject two with wraps. That can be a great strategy. But, you know, if you're trying to do that. And you're trying to buy a mobile home park and you're trying to syndicate apartment complexes like you start to lose focus and it gets to be hard. So um, I found the best success in just picking something and going with it. And that's why we have these houses that we can now sell to raise money to buy a mobile home park is because we just laser focused on single family houses for a while.
1: Yeah, and I mean before the market shifted, was that your goal? Was it to buy mobile home park? Uh we definitely
0: we were looking to scale up. We hadn't picked exactly what it was gonna be, but we are before early 2022, we were just laser focused on continuing to buy houses and we were doing that for the last couple of years. Uh of course I bought a duplex every year here in Austin, that worked really well. And then we just bought houses in uh, Louisville, Kentucky and San Antonio, Texas. So I, I like the house hack where I live, invest where the numbers work best. And that's worked really well for me here in Austin, because I've gotten amazing appreciation of my house hacks, that I've been able to then you know, either refinance or sell and repurpose that equity into other properties. Awesome.: Awesome. Uh, Elliot, you know, I like to ask I like to ask questions that help our listeners too, and I think the, the biggest question I always ask is, "What's the biggest mistake that you've made in real estate? So just what's, what have you done where you'd say, "Hey, don't do this," or "Here's something you can learn from?"
1: Man, I I make mistakes every single day. It's hard to pinpoint one, and right now, I mean, you're not gonna like this answer. But there's, I don't think there's anything I would take back. Every single mistake that I've made has taught me something. So, um, for me to sit up here and tell someone not to make a mistake, I feel like would be doing someone a disservice. But what I would say, this always holds true don't buy a bad deal, buy with equity or buy with cash flow, and never get pressured to buy a deal, whether it's from a wholesaler, or someone else selling a deal. Always make sure the numbers work be conservative. Um, I could get into all the mistakes I made, but man, I would, uh, I gotta, we'd be here for four hours.
0: (laughs) So just so I clarify, when you say buy with equity, you're saying I'm buying a a $200,000 house for $150,000, correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's equity.
0: Or buying with cash flow, you know, I'm buying that with that $2,000 mortgage payment and they make me $2,300 or they pay $2,500 a month. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. Um, Elliot, if you had to start over today, would you do anything differently? I know you talked about, hey, I I liked making mistakes. Um, That's how I learned. So you just wouldn't, you wouldn't change a thing if you started over today?
1: No, I mean, I would do it all the same. Well, if I, if I were to go back, you know, I'd be a little bit more prepared because of my experiences. But I think those experiences is what equip you to be ready to take on anything in real estate. So really, I wouldn't change anything.
0: Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah, i I love that. The learning from experiences, and you know that's what makes you who you are today,
1: but you know if if I were to give someone a nugget to learn from, I would say, say yes a lot when you're beginning. Get to a point where you have to say no. What I mean by saying yes is entertain this, entertain that. You know, look into every single strategy before you make up your mind. And really make up your mind of why you're investing in a specific asset. Maybe for you, Jordan, you want to buy a mobile home park because the cash flow is phenomenal. Uh, Maybe me, I I can cash flow 100, 200 bucks on a on each property and wait for them to appreciate because I'm so young. And in 10 years, you know, if they naturally appreciate or if they naturally pay off my note, even if they don't appreciate a day for a dollar then i made some great money right so you know be very clear on what you're looking for and it takes a lot of studying and talking to a lot of people to get that kind of clarity
0: yeah no i love that if you can be open minded in the beginning you can figure out what strategy works best for you and that's really cool and then i th- i'd really believe that there are kind of stages as an investor like and like I mentioned earlier, one of my first goals was to get a million dollars in debt. Um, because I just needed to build up some assets and needed to build up some equity. I had, when I got started investing in real estate, I had $6,000 to my name. And that was enough to get a down payment on a property. You know, and like I just needed to keep acquiring properties. Because like you said, over time, over 10 years, even if they don't appreciate a dollar, they're paying themselves off, but hopefully you've bought right with a cash flow. You've bought right where you can add value or they have equity already. And over time, that just builds and builds and builds. And then maybe a couple of years down the road, you might say, hey, uh, that was cool. Now I need to pursue a different strategy because I've got all this equity now.
1: Yep, exactly. And my goal right now. If you were to ask me today it would be to hold as many single family as possible until I like can basically 1031 them into something humongous. I'd rather own one building with a hundred doors than a hundred single families. you know so it takes I can't get into that deal right now, but I'm definitely right now at 25 years old, I'm building myself up to where I can own that hundred unit one day. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I like that because you probably wouldn't have that opportunity if you were out there buying single families right now. Yep, exactly. Awesome. I, I love the mindset, and I think that if people get so lost in like, hey, what's the best investment? Or I should buy a, a 50 unit, or I need a 100 unit. And it's like, you know what? It's okay to start. You got to start small sometimes, and just getting started is going to help you get to that end goal. It
1: is, man. You gotta pay your dues in real estate for sure. Absolutely.
0: So funny, you were talking about is it's like a hundred units, like a hundred unit building. What's your long-term goal for real estate investing?
1: Is to have something to pay my family and their family and their family and their family forever and give them the freedom to be creative with how they make income. So I'm going to do that dirty work. I'm going to create stability. Um, You know, me personally, I don't think someone with my kind of personality, at least a college degree is too useful. So instead of creating income with a job, I want real estate to create income for my family forever. And I want them to build on it forever and give them the freedom to do whatever they want.
0: Cool. Yeah, and you said you're 25, right? Yes.
1: Yeah, so you got a lot of time to get this done. Exactly. It's beautiful. I'm not a, but you know, it doesn't feel that way. I always feel like it's crunch time.
0: (laughs) That's good, though. It's good to have urgency because you're not going to do anything if you feel like you have all the time in the world. And, you know, like you said, you know, what you put in determines your output. But if you put in, Something every day over time that keeps compounding. And like you said, in you know, thirty-five, forty, fifty years, you've got this this asset or these assets out there that pay your family forever. And they can really just do whatever they want with that and build on it. Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, he wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on.
1: Exactly. Is I, what, Let me ask you this. What's your goal with real estate? What's your, I mean, do you even have an end goal?
0: No. And I think that, you know, I think similar to you, financial freedom, passive income, but. I just I just enjoy it. I like what I do. Um, I get up every day early because I'm excited to get up and excited to start the day. And I've always just really enjoyed doing deals and helping others build their wealth. So, you know, whether that's helping them find great investment properties or providing investment opportunities for people, or even just providing great places for people to live. Um, I don't really have an end goal, and I've definitely—I've never been one to say when I get to this amount of cash flow, I'm going to stop. Because that just sounds boring to me.
1: Yeah, man, it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's weird to have an end goal because there's always something more you could do. There's always something bigger. There's always bigger fish to fry. Mm-hmm. So maybe the hundred unit is. Maybe tomorrow my goal changes. I don't know. <laughs> my my goal, my first year was to buy, I think it was 10 properties. And, uh, and that was a goal where I was like, okay, if I buy four, like pat on the back, like I'll just set 10 mm-hmm. just because, uh, that's a ridiculous goal. But, um, thank God I've, I've hit that goal already in eight months. And, you know, 2023 is going to be a great year. I think.
0: Awesome. Yeah, no, oh, that's cool, man. I mean, I think one of my goals in the the medium term is to provide investment opportunities for families, my family members, that are better than that the BS they can get in the stock market. I hate the the idea that you keep contributing to a an ETF or an IRA. Uh, 401k. And over time, you get this big lump sum. And then the only way to get anything out of it is just to cut little pieces off. That just seems like such a terrible investment when you can get double digit returns in real estate, a lot of times double or triple the returns in real estate. And you can still have the principal there. So I see that happening to my parents as they age, and family members as they age. And I want to be able to provide opportunities for them to, to invest and get get paid today, and
1: still have their principal? Real estate is such a no-brainer, especially for me, someone who's in it. Uh, It's such a no-brainer. Like, Why would you put your money in Ethereum? Why would you put your money in something where you're basically putting your money in someone else's hands, and you can't even see the thing? In real estate, I can go to my property. uh, If I paint it, if I refloor it, if I fix the foundation, I will add value to the property there is nothing I can do if I put hundred thousand dollars in a stock to dictate what the outcome would be. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get it. It's, it, it may be a little safe, right? Like you don't have to, it doesn't become a job, but when you work with people like you Jordan or me who are in the trenches every day, um, you know, we can basically, advise you how to invest in real estate. And real estate can be very draining, but it can be very easy as well. You just have to play your cards right and buy the right asset.
0: Yeah. And have the right systems and processes once you buy it too. So yeah, no, definitely find a good professional. Like you just mentioned, find a professional that that understands and knows real estate investing. And ideally is a real estate investor themselves, whether it's a lender, whether it's a realtor, whoever it is, you want to find somebody that does that. And I think you just kind of gave that piece of advice there. And that's exactly what I use when I go looking for people to help me too. Yeah. Um, Elliot, do you have a favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend for people?
1: Man, I just finished a book from uh, Ari Rostegar, who is a developer here in Austin And it's called the Gift of Failure, and it's a it's a beautiful book. it It's more of a mindset book. I know that's what you asked me, but Mm -hmm. it's it's just about failing forward instead of avoiding your mistakes. Confront them, and thank God that you make more mistakes because after you make that mistake, you'll never make it again. So, uh, for me, I think I'd like whoever's listening to this. I'd like them to read that book.
0: That's awesome. I'll have to check that out. I've actually not read that, but I like the I like the title, so I'll definitely be buying the book.
1: Awesome. I'll send you one. Send me your address.
0: All right. I got gotcha. you. Thank you, Elliot. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you or to follow you?
1: I'm on Instagram, Elliot Elias, Elliot with one L, two T's, Elias, E L I A S, mm-hmm. and you can find me on Bigger Pockets as well. I'm very active over there. And you can also find me on LinkedIn and just other. I don't have a website quite yet, but right now it's Instagram, LinkedIn, and Bigger Pockets.
0: Awesome, man. Yeah. yeah, we'll have all that in the show notes for everybody, too. Um, so it's at Elliot Elias on Instagram, Elliot with one L, E L I A, two T's, E L I A S. And I'm at Jordan Moorhead on Instagram. Everybody follow both Elliot and I. Elliot, thank you so much for coming on here today. Um, I'm excited to see what you're able to do in the next year because I know we uh, we probably met nine nine months ago or so. And you've just crushed it since then. I think you said eight was the, since you quit your job, right? Eight months?
1: About eight months, yeah.
0: Yeah. And you've just blown it up in eight months. So I'm really excited to see what the next year holds for you, man.
1: Thank you, sir. I hope we get a chance to work together. Um, but I appreciate people like you really educating people in Austin and showing them what different things you can do. So, um, appreciate you having me, Jordan.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for coming on here, Elliot. We'll talk soon. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye.